as we go through our busy lives as artists, trying to make sure that we answer every email and every call and text, lining up our schedules for the next couple of days or for lucky enough months in advance. Remember, we never know what each other is going through. So maybe check in with someone that you've befriended online or someone you haven't seen in a while. Let them know that you're there for them no matter what. I hope you enjoy this podcast. It's really eye-opening and uplifting and it'll make you really think about your life. Please welcome my special guest, Rachel Lusk. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for being a part of Makeup is the Foundation podcast. Thank you for having me. I just want to let everybody know, Rachel is a hair and makeup artist based in Napa Valley, California. Her Instagram is rachel.lusk, H-M-U-A, so it's R-A-C-H-E-L dot L-U-S-K, H-M-U-A for Instagram, and then her website is rachellusk.com and you have been in the industry for a while now where did you get your start so i um grew up in southern california and i went to cosmetology school almost right out of high school um and i graduated that in 2007 and i've just been working in the industry basically ever since and you made your way up to napa because you were you went from the oc and then you lived in central california and then you're husband got relocated through his job to Napa so you guys decided to come up to wine country yes and it's been amazing ever since (laughs) now Napa is a really busy bridal um, focused area but I know you do other things too right yes I um, work in the commercial on on the commercial side as well and with an agency in San Francisco and um, I like to focus on beauty work and commercial work and then obviously I do a ton of bridal work and you, you know, you have your cosmetology license, you've been doing makeup and you've been, you know, booking things left and right and been in the industry for quite a few years. And uh, how busy do you like to be? Do you like to work all the time or do you kind of do more of a part-time thing? Um, I prefer to stay as full-time as I can. Um, you know, I think many makeup artists can agree we're not really happy unless we're you know, working all the time and constantly busy. So I do like to work a lot, but I also like to relax a lot as well. So I try to maintain the best balance that I can, but usually it's pretty full time. Well, one of the reasons um, I wanted to bring you on is because uh, about a year ago, uh, Rachel had something very significant happen in her life and I wanted her to share that with you. So what happened in May of 2018? Uh, so, um, yeah, in May of last year, I, um, woke up and I was kind of stretching as I usually do in the morning and I felt a big strain in my neck with a lot of pain. Um, so my husband convinced me to go to the doctor who ordered an MRI of my cervical neck and, um, a couple days later she called to tell me, you know, yes, you did slip a disc in your neck, but we also found a mass on your thyroid. Um, okay, so I have to stop you right there. So you, when you're on the phone and you're hearing these results, before you were listening, 
what was going through your mind? Did you just think it was something minor or did, did your gut tell you else, something else? Well, my doctor basically said that thyroid nodules among women are extremely common. She said, statistically, 5% of thyroid nodules or masses in your thyroid area have the potential to be cancerous. So when you hear a statistic like 5%, you have a 5% chance, aka a 95% chance that it's completely normal. You think, oh, it's fine. I'm totally fine. They're just going to, you know, tell me it's something normal. So I really wasn't worried because my doctor said it was something that was so common. And so then she recommended, um, after another call, she recommended that you get it checked out further, having a biopsy? an ultrasound and I did two rounds of biopsies um, because the first biopsy was very they did it the very old school way with um, a cell extractor so it was very painful it was very uncomfortable and I just I couldn't withstand it long enough for them to get enough cells um, so they sent me for a second round of biopsies um, and more and uh, further testing for that. So the whole process between from when they found it in May to my final biopsy in September was, it was quite a lengthy period to get That's it a to see really all the specialists. I know exactly what's going on. So, you know, during this time, you're, you're booked with brides and you're booked with commercial work. And, and how did you, how were you able to work without knowing exactly what was going on? I just had to focus on what was in front of me. And I kept clinging to the fact that my doctor said there was just a 5% chance. So in my mind, I said, there's a 95% chance that it's nothing. So I'm going to continue on with business as, you, as usual, because that is what I do for and for the people that I work for and my clients and the people who rely on me to be a stable employee. So I just kind of carried on as, I, as best as I could. And so now fast forward to September and you're getting ready to get those results and what was going through your mind and what did they tell you? Uh, so I went for my biopsy, my final biopsy on September 24th and September 20th, um, the ENT doctor called me and it was very, it all happened so fast. I knew it was her phone number because I had it saved. And I said, oh great, this must be my results. So I pick up the phone, expecting that no doctor would ever pick up the phone and just call you and say, yeah, you have cancer. But, you know, I picked up the phone and she started talking to me and, you know, we have the results of your biopsy. And um, I just want to know, she jumped right into it. It was, this strain of cancer is very common it's very treatable and you have a very high probably a very great prognosis and I just kind of stopped and said hold on so I have cancer like she never said are you sitting down we need to talk about your results um, are you ready to hear the results of your pathology it was just kind of steamrolled you you have cancer and I swear those three words are embedded in my mind because those are words as a, you know, at the time, 31 year old that I never hear. 
and a million years. A 31 year old hearing these results. Now, were you with your husband? Were you by yourself? Were you coming No, I was, cook, I, was, I was cooking mac and cheese. I was just in my house <laughs> cooking mac and cheese, waiting for my husband to come home. Cooking mac and cheese in a normal situation, just <laughs> waiting for those results for you to be in that 95% bracket of you don't have anything wrong with yeah. you and you get that result. So when you got off the phone and you obviously needed time to absorb this information, um, what was your next move? What did you do? I hope my husband doesn't get upset at me for this. <laughs> but That's what you were You were thinking that, <laughs> I, really? Well, no, I, I needed to call somebody, but I couldn't call my husband because he was working. And I would never in a million years call him and tell him something like this when he was at work. So I have a very close in Texas. She is like the level-headed level-headed friend that I need in a time where I just feel pure panic. So I immediately call her and thank goodness she picked up, but I explained to her what happened and she had a um, small bout of um, some tumors in her younger years. So she knows what it's like to get that call and have those results. So I immediately just started panicking, like immediate panic. And I just needed guidance and help from her and to unload this huge weight on my shoulders that I couldn't just call and tell my husband, but I had to call and tell somebody. I had to get this off my chest and I was nowhere near enough composed to call my mother. Like I was hot mess. So if I called my mom, my mom would have called my best friend, Nicole. And when you had the opportunity, when you, when your husband is pulling up the driveway and, and I'm sure your palms might've been sweating and you were really nervous to say these things to him because you were nervous receiving the information. What was the first thing that you said and how did that go? So I had very obviously been crying. Um, but I, I stopped for when he came home and he walked right through the door and looked at me and I just looked at him in the face. I have thyroid cancer. And that's all I said, because he knew we were waiting for my results. He knew that it was, we were going to be getting the news sometime. Um, and he just looked at me and said, what? I said, I got the call from my doctor. She said, it's cancer. And he looked at me and I love my husband's heart, but he said this, he said, and anyone that knows my that's his response for everything it was like you're joking joking, right he thinks you're pulling one over on him yeah and I said baby who would joke about this I am this this happened 25 minutes before you came home and he just gave me a big hug and said it'll be okay what's gonna happen and I when I was on the phone with my doctor I was writing down the names of all of doctors that I need to start seeing and I was kind of in a haze as I was doing it but paper and I said yeah I need to go see uh you know this doctor and this doctor and this doctor and and I need to come in on this date for this ultrasound and he was just like okay well then that's what we're gonna do you know he's very matter-of-fact about it and he was just matter-of-fact and so you know you have this information now and you've told your best friend and you've told your husband and, and eventually your family. Now, I'm sure the things that crossed your mind in, in addition to, you know, let's beat this thing, let's get this done, 
is what am I going to do with my business? How is that going to be affected? Did that run through your mind right away or was that a later thought? Within hours, I was thinking, how can I tell my boss? How can I tell my agent? What do I do with these brides who are relying on me, who have me booked for a year from now, you know, that I've created that relationship with? What am I going to tell to my agency that just signed me a year ago? Oh, surprise, I have cancer. Like, please don't drop me. You know, not that they ever would, but um, those now, initial having, thoughts of, were, were very prevalent. Having the conversation with a colleague or your agent or your boss at the time, did you feel that you could immediately just go and share this information or were you, were you scared or, or have you really shared this information with many, with many people? Um, I was definitely scared at first because I felt vulnerable. Like, I feel like people hear the word cancer and they immediately assume that you need to take a bunch of time off and that you're going to be very sick from treatment. And they have kind of this preconceived notion of what this experience is going to be like for you. And um, I do bridal coordination for a salon here in Napa um, and my boss Stacy, who is just the absolutely most wonderful human being ever. Um, I told her first and she took it just as hard as my mom would have. She was devastated and she was really upset for me. So she was so understanding. So as I told her, very tell the people who needed to know. So I then told, you know, a day or two later, I told the um, bridal company that I work for here in Napa and then you know I let my agent know and everybody who found out within that time period that needed to know was just overwhelmingly accepting and supportive and um, it just made me feel so safe that nothing was going to happen to my career nothing was going to my jobs and that you know I was going to be okay in that regard. And when you finally got this information and a little bit of weight must have been lifted from your chest, knowing that you uh, were going to be okay with your career, you know, what was the, um, you know, the course of treatment? What are you going through right now? And what is going to happen as much as you'd like to share? So I had a period kind of between my diagnosis and uh, the... Uh, period where I had to have surgery. Um, There was a couple months where I had to kind of prep myself for surgery. And then I had the surgery in uh, November. And uh, then I had a period after surgery where they uh, removed as much of the cancer as they could. However, it's wrapped around my carotid artery and it had spread to my parathyroid glands and into my lymph system. Uh, so basically I needed to prepare myself for a special dose of radiation. Um, it's taken orally. It's not the typical radiation or chemo that one might have for, you know, a different type of, uh, cancer. But, um, so I prepped my body for that. I did my radiation. I think I'm about eight weeks out from radiation now. And um, after radiation was when it was kind of tough because I had to go through a period of isolation. I was highly radioactive. I couldn't be around people. 
or anyone or my animals, like my dogs, for about 10 days, um, which was really a struggle for me because I wanted to just bounce back from it and be ready to go. And you're a people person. (laughs) Absolutely. And my job is talking to people and being social and getting to know them. And here I was, I was just kind of bound to this isolation room in my house, um, feeling like absolute garbage and, you know, needing my husband, needing, wanting to work. I just felt very conflicted, but I used that time really to rest. And um, so now I'm, yeah, I did my treatment eight weeks ago and now I'm in a period of time between treatment and my six month scans. So I'll have those in July and I'm hoping that my scans will come back with no evidence of disease, that the treatment has worked and it has gotten rid of any of the remaining cancer that was left in my, uh, in my neck and my lymph nodes. I have no doubt that that is yeah. what you're going to find. I think that your attitude is incredible considering everything has just happened in, in less than a year and you're still, you're still in it. You're still working this you know, out. Um, and, and once you have completed your radiation and you're, you're kind of in between this, this time period between now and July, um, are you restricted in any way? Are you, have you changed your lifestyle or have you changed the way you have accepted clients or, or are you working just like you were before? I mean, yes and no. I think that it's important to continue, you know, as far as my business goes, it's very important to continue business as usual. Um, I haven't, you know, overshared with them on a personal level what has gone on with my health because I don't want them to be concerned about, you know, reliability or, you know, me being sick. I don't want them to have to worry about that because as of right now, it's not a huge concern. Um, But oh my gosh, Eric, I totally just forgot your question. Oh, no, that's okay. We can just take a little pause. Yeah. And then I will ask it again. What was, you know, what was the question? <laughs> uh, so sorry. I'm, I'm like, I'll... this happens to me. It's a result of my medication. I have the brain farts. <laughs> no, and it's totally fine. <laughs> and, you know, this and this is something I may edit or I may not edit. But um, <laughs> when, like, now that you've completed all of your, your treatment, are you working, like, at the same Oh, yes. Pace? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I am. Um, Okay. Now that you've completed treatment, are you working at the same pace? Yes and no. Um, I will continue to, I will always continue to take work to the best of my abilities. I feel like it's very important to maintain um, business as usual. Um, But then again, I really feel like now it's more important than ever that I listen to what my body is telling me because I no longer thyroid gland I am dependent on my daily medication that regulates every hormone in my body so if there's a day where I'm feeling a little bit more tired than I usually am I have to listen to that because if I don't then I will severely feel that either later in the day or the next day so I have to take work because I need to work, but at the same time, I'm not overreaching to overwork, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I, I, one of the things I I wanted you to talk about, Rachel, is that there are so many people and so many artists, hairdressers, 
makeup artists, stylists, and photographers that fight chronic illnesses all the time. People that either have gotten a diagnosis similar to yours um, or, you know, unfortunately worse, or they have something that is, um, could possibly hinder them from doing the work that they want to do. And I wanted you to share your thoughts on, you know, people that might be struggling with a chronic illness or, or a diagnosis that's um, uncertain um, and, and how they could um, maybe get something from your experience. Because I, I find that it's just incredibly optimistic that you handled it the way you did, not expecting, like no one would expect to, to hear those words in the way that you did, making macaroni and cheese right before your husband comes home. Um, but I want you to talk to the audience about, you know, what your thoughts are on someone that might be going through something similar. Yeah, I just feel so strongly that any chronic illness, whether it's depression or Crohn's disease or cancer, any illness that plagues you on a consistent basis has the ability to control your life. It can control how you perceive things, how you interact. And I know firsthand going from one day being a completely normal, healthy adult to the next day immediately being thrown into the role now as, you know, quote unquote, a cancer patient, it can really take a mental toll on how you perceive yourself. And for me, it was all about how am I going to do this? How am I going to continue this now that I have cancer? And I'm telling myself that I have cancer because it didn't define who I was and it didn't define me as a makeup artist my skill, my talent, my drive, that is all part of who I am. And that is what I wanted to make my priority over, you know, this disease that was at the time controlling my body. So if anything, more than anything, if you have a chronic illness, I think the most important thing you can do is just not let it define who you are and not let it control your life by all means, listen to your body, take your medication, listen to your doctors, don't overwork yourself, but don't ever tell yourself that you can't do something or that you shouldn't continue to try because you have a chronic illness. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's going to lose out on that is yourself. And I just feel like it doesn't define who you are. It's just a, a small piece in a large puzzle of who you are. So that's my thank, big advice. Thank you, Rachel, so much for sharing your story. And I know that it's going to reach a lot of people uh, that are going through something similar. And we wish you the absolute best. And I know come July, we can't wait to hear about your clean bill of health. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. I'll speak with you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Makeup is the Foundation. Please join us for our next episode where we talk about makeup, hair, life, and everything else. Have a good day.